Hello, my friend, and welcome to this episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, your host. So glad you're here. On this episode of the show, as leaders, we're going to identify one aspect of your leadership, one critical tool that is the basis of human interaction, the basis of how we understand our world around us, and how we can effectively communicate a vision for a better future state. This is the aspect of leadership that we don't think about very often. We don't think about how it affects our entire worldview, our entire existence of the perpetuation of humanity and the human condition. It's an area of leadership that I encourage you to consider getting a hold of and focusing on. It's the area of story. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, your host. So glad you're here. On this episode of the show, as leaders, we're going to identify one aspect of your leadership, one critical tool that is the basis of human interaction, the basis of how we understand our world around us, and how we can effectively communicate a vision for a better future state. This is the aspect of leadership that we don't think about very often. We don't think about how it affects our entire worldview, our entire existence of the perpetuation of humanity and the human condition. It's an area of leadership that I encourage you to consider getting a hold of and focusing on. It's the area of story. Humanity. We are all storytellers. We are all involved in a story. Think about when you were a child, all the stories that you had, whether it was in a book or whether it was a movie. Think about all the times that you heard the same story over and over again. I mean, think about the holidays and you hear the same stories, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or any Easter and so on and so forth. If you're here in the United States, the story of Halloween, and this episode is right around Halloween time. You see these stories. When you're a child, you are told stories, whether it was mom, caregiver, someone remembers a story that someone told them. What does the child say? Tell me again. Why? Because it helps to remember. And as human beings, we are all part of a story. We're part of a grand story, an adventure. And as leaders, we must communicate that story. We must communicate the story of what is, what was, and what we hope to be. And the more effective we are as leaders in doing that, the more we can have others join us in our worthy cause. And so as you think about yourself as a leader, how you communicate, think of it from the perspective of a story. In fact, I have a book here called The Story of Walt Disney. Now, if you've watched the show or if you listen to the show, you know I've spent some time around Walt Disney, especially working on my PhD work. And the story opens up like this. I'm going to read it to you. I didn't realize what my father did for a living until I was six. Then a playmate at school told me. That night, when father came home, he flopped down on into his easy chair. I approached him with awe. He didn't look famous to me. I asked, are you Walt Disney? You know I am, he said. The Walt Disney, I insisted. He looked startled. Then he grinned and nodded. Whereupon I said the five words he must have thought he was safe from in the bosom of his family. Please give me your autograph. This is the story written by Diane Disney Miller, Walt Disney's daughter. For Walt, everything was about the story. 
His whole life was a picture of a story. It was the story of youth lost when he worked so diligently and so hard for his father. It was the story of fractured relationships with his dad. It was the story of regaining his own self as a young man and learning how to be independent of his family. It was the story of hardships and brokenness, failure after failure after failure. It was the story of eventual triumph in the cinema with his innovative pictures, Mickey Mouse, Snow White, Fantasia. It was the story of heartache at home with losing his mom in a tragic accident. It was the story of his children loving dad, loving his ideas of inclusiveness in his own family. It was a story of bringing others into the grander story by opening the park, which would become Magic Kingdom. It was the story of Mary Poppins and what he hoped would be his crowning achievement in the cinematic world. It was a story of Epcot, which was to be the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, which was to be a city of the future. Sadly, he passed away before that story could be told. His journey was a journey of stories. And as he unfolded these stories to his teams, they began to understand them and accept them and appreciate them and join along, swept up, if you will. As many times as he told the Snow White story, walking around the studio, sometimes for hours, as he engaged people and talked about all the different characters and the dwarves and the different personalities until others understood and could see his vision and wanted to be a part of it. These are the stories that move us, propel us forward. Think about the story of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Think about it as he expressed his dream. The dream was a story. That story was a beautiful story. It is a story of tragedy, but it is also a story of triumph. Perhaps triumph not realized today, but triumph in the future. That is our story. That is what we perpetuate as leaders. We have to help others to see a new reality, perhaps even suspend their own current reality and join us in creating a new reality of a better future state. 50 years ago this year, he said this, I have a dream. It was a dream of the future that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that one day, down in Alabama, with its vicious racists, with its governor having the lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day, right down in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today 
I have a dream that one day every valley should be exalted, every hill and mountain should be made low, shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight. The glory and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. 1963. Now, my parents hadn't even come to this country yet, immigrants from the Middle East. And here we are today, realizing parts of that dream. Perhaps not the entire dream is being realized. We need to continue to press on together and fight for that belief, for that story that still unfolds. However, friend, that is the power of communicating a story that perhaps others are unable to articulate, perhaps others have not seen, perhaps others have not heard, perhaps others simply need to see it through their ears to become inspired, to become attracted, to become compelled to join you. What is the story that you so deeply believe is possible? What is the worthy adventure, the journey that you can share with others that compels them to join you to creating a better state for the future than it is today, to serve one another, to aim for greatness through helping. I love the way Robert Greenleaf put it as he explained and expressed the idea of servant leadership, a philosophy of leadership that I deeply believe in. He said this, the best test of a servant leader and difficult to administer is, do those served grow as persons? Do they, while being served, become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more likely themselves to become servants? And he didn't stop there. He said this, and what is the effect on the least privileged in society? Will they benefit or at least not be further deprived? Friend, What is the story that is worthy, the cause that's so incredibly resonant in your own life that you can share with others? You see, that begins to bind people. In fact, in a business environment, in a family environment, in a community environment, it's the story that compels. Give you an example. When I'm interviewing for people to join me on my team, I tell the story of where we were as an organization, where I was. I tell the story of how we began humbly, the mistakes I made, how I was self-serving when I first started in business. And then I found a better way. I found a way to not be self-serving, but to serve the best possibilities of the organization as an entity in and of itself, a living, breathing entity, and bringing those into this entity who can serve together for a common cause, for a common mission, for a common vision, and how we had begun to flourish through that to grow together through that, and how the vision of the future is even brighter because we have the opportunity to continue to serve and grow healthily, bringing people on so they can do their best possible work in an environment that's not only safe, but gives them a sense of purpose, gives them a sense of autonomy, gives them a sense where they can be their best, where they can enjoy, where they can collaborate, where they can create something larger than themselves. You see, as I tell that story to the potential new hire, they see my passion, they see my belief. I tell them, go listen to the podcast. Don't just take my word for it and say, well, this guy, maybe he's just pulling wool over my eyes. I want you to see, go listen to 180 episodes and you'll see the consistency of my character 
to elevate all of those who serve alongside of me. And if that's you, if this draws you in, if this is the way you want to go in life, let's take a journey together. You see, it was a beautiful statement, a beautiful statement that Burton Annis said when he said, there is no more powerful engine driving an organization toward excellence and long-range success than an attractive, worthwhile, and achievable vision of the future widely shared. What does that mean? That means the vision is the story. We are telling a story about where we are going, and we want others to participate in authoring that story of a better future. Maybe it's your family. Maybe you are newlyweds and you have a baby on the way and you are preparing to embark on this amazing adventure with a new family and you begin to tell the story of how you are going to work together to raise a child that is healthy, that is growing, that sees the world in a way that can benefit others, to provide for those needs. You're going to have wonderful times. You're going to have difficult times. This is the grand story of life. You get to participate in it. In fact, your story is an unfolding story full of chapters in life. Sometimes it's a cliffhanger. Sometimes a chapter ends with great tragedy. Sadly, many of us do. Sometimes the new beginnings of a new chapter breathe new hope and life. And I love the REO Speedwagon that says, if you're tired of the same old story, what do you do? got to turn some pages if you're tired of the same old story. You get to turn pages of a story in your own life. That's the beauty of it. And trust that the story is good. The story is good no matter what chapter and what juncture you're at. In fact, I ask people this question. I say, imagine yourself as in a story and the story is your life and God can see your story. Of course, outside of space and time. So, The book of your story is considered on a shelf, and God can flip through any of the pages. And I wonder if you had a copy of that book, say I'm speaking to John or Mary, and the copy of your story is on your shelf, and you could turn to any page in the story. Maybe you're in a tough time in life. Would you turn it to see what happens? Would you turn it to the end? to see how the story ends. It's an interesting question. Me, I'd like to think that I would, but I would likely not open the book. I think I'd like to be surprised by the outcomes of my life. Plus, here's the other thing. I trust. I trust as the instrument, if you were a pen in God's hand, as the instrument, I trust that that story is going to be good, no matter how it ends, because I'm just a supporting actor in the grand story of life. And I'm thankful to be a part of this story. However long, I'm in the story. And I want to be a part of sharing the story as a leader and as a follower. How have you communicated a compelling story? In accounting and tax, we have some language we use when we're looking at deductions and how we claim different tax positions. And so they must be ordinary. They must be necessary. They must be reasonable. Those are the three general criteria, ordinary for your line of work. It must be necessary for you to either procure business or keep business and reasonable for the type of business that you have. In other words, say, for example, needing a fleet of cars for your accountants and 
you go out and buy them all Bugattis. And what's a Bugatti? It's a very fancy car, like a multi-million dollar car. Well, it's not really reasonable. And so you'd have a tough argument with the revenue service. Now your accountants would be like, yeah, hello, going to the club in that bad boy. Well, I don't know how many accountants go to the club, but <laughs> anyway, I mean, yeah, I did when I was young. But here's the fourth part. It's not in the code, but the fourth part, I love one of my associates, how he says it. He says, it's got to tell a good story because it's the story that ultimately compels why we had to get those bigotties. Perhaps there was some kind of an important reason for that particular kind of car, depending on the certain circumstances. That's a tough story to tell. And if any one of our staff members, our team members are listening, I'm not buying any bigotties. Well, maybe a diecast version of it. But the story is what compels us in life, friend. Don't ever lose sight of sharing a compelling story of a worthy future for those who you are entrusting your life with and who entrust their lives to you. If it's a child, they're having some trouble. Perhaps they were on the soccer field and they were having trouble that day. Maybe they weren't giving their best and you've got to get on a knee and ask, did you give your best? No. What would it look like for you to give your best? What would that story look like? What would that outcome be? What would you do? Invite others to join you in that story. If it's your child, if it's your spouse and going through a difficult time, And you share the story of a potential better future, no matter what you're going through. I can't predict the outcome, but I can tell you this, I will not leave your side. I can tell you that I will be with you every single step of the way, through the trials, through the triumphs, through the storms, through the sunny days. That's how the story is going to be written. That's how we are going to overcome together. Tell the story and then go live it. Well, my friend, I am so thrilled that you joined me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. And before you go to the next episode, especially if you're binge listening, take a moment. I would love to get your honest review right here on your screen. Your feedback is so important. It helps the podcast. It encourages me and it helps me. It helps me to give you more and more and more value. So I can't wait to read your review. I can't wait to be with you on the next episode. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. This is a call to leadership.